Welcome to Around the Keg, your one-stop shop for hot takes and cold beer, brought to you by Dr. Squatch. Dr. Squatch makes you feel like a man and smell like a champion. Save 20% off your first purchase of bar soaps, hair care, colognes, beard oils, and more with code DSQATKEG. That's DSQATKEG. We've got a great episode for you this week on Around the Keg. We've got Tom Brady's retirement from the NFL. We've got the NASCAR clash at the Coliseum, Caleb Williams transfer news, and of course, the big game, the Super Bowl between the Rams and the Bengals. Now let's pop the tab. Tom Brady has retired, and I'm sad. The GOAT is retired, seven Super Bowl championships. He has, what, like six Super Bowl MVPs, I think? Yeah, he's got six. He's got, what, seven Super Bowls? Or is it yeah, six? No, it's seven Super Bowls, seven Super Bowls, six Super Bowl MVPs. Yep. And he's been elected to the Pro Bowl, I don't know, like a billion times. And it is finally official, per Tom Brady, not per Adam Schefter, because Adam Schefter jumped the gun. But per Tom Brady, he is now officially retired, so the GOAT is gone from football. And what a career he's had, too. Have you ever seen the documentary The Brady Six? Have you seen that before on ESPN? No, I haven't seen it. Uh, is it in relation to uh, what he's previously, what he's doing right now with um, Man in the Arena? Is that the no, same thing? No, it's a little bit different. Man in the Arena is a little bit more modern. That was back in 2011 when they made it. It was about the six quarterbacks that were taken before him in the draft and that he was picked in the sixth round. So that's why it's the six. But pretty much the whole movie talks about all these guys that were picked before him. Chad Pennington was one. Surgeon Wynn went to the Browns. Chad Pennington was a first-round pick. Yeah, Chad Pennington played for the for the daggum Jets. Yeah, I remember yeah. Chris Redman that played for the Falcons. Yeah, I remember he Chris was Redman. before Tom Brady. No way. Yeah. Chris Redman? Mm-hmm. Holy crap. <laughs> yep. some, guy, some guy from Hofstra was picked before Tom Brady. I think he was picked in the third round. Can't remember his name. Oh, Carmazzi. Something Carmazzi. Giovanni Carmazzi was his name. Guys, and he went to the 49ers, who, as, when Tom Brady was growing up, that was his favorite team because he used to watch Joe Montana was his favorite player. He was at the game, you know, the famous game where uh, Montana made that game-winning throw to beat the Cowboys. I guess that was like NFC Championship or something like that a long time ago. Brady has had the most unlikely career of all time for a football player, let alone the greatest quarterback of all time. This dude is on a completely different level. I actually tweeted, I saw this today on my time home. I tweeted one year ago today, I said, Brady, please retire. Because for some reason, I think someone said something like, he might retire this year. Today, I am sad. I actually wanted to see him go another year. I wanted him to win one more. I think it would have been cool to see him win one last one. Well, for me, I was happy he retired the way he did. I didn't want to see him do a retirement tour and, you know, just be, oh, it's sad. Brady's leaving. And, you know, it's it, not his style. At I, all. That's not his style. But Brady wanted to go out on, on his sword and shield, which is exactly what he did. He brought his team back from 28 3 down. Well, 27 3 down. Sorry. That's the Falcons. <laughs> but he, he, he brought his team Easy back from, from all the way down and, and did some goat type stuff and lost because the other team was just better at on that on that play so tom brady went out as a goat and I, i'm really happy the way he uh he, he's retiring i hope he doesn't come back i hope he stays retired dude so many quarterbacks now out of the league that was like our whole childhood well they're, they're, they're all out of the league that was our, that was our whole childhood Peyton manning drew Brees, philip rivers uh ben roethlisberger uh tom brady 
you have to you have to realize that. So Tom Brady won seven championships. Uh, Big Ben won two. Peyton Manning won two. And Eli Manning also won two. So over Tom Brady. Through our span of life, that accounts for over half of the Super Bowls that have been won. Yeah, and I mean, I think the only quarterback that's left that you could say was around during our childhood is Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers really wasn't around till what, 2009, 2010? 2008 was Brett Favre's last year at Green Bay, so it would have been the start of that 2009 season that we first got Aaron Rodgers. So it's like, yeah, he was part of our childhood, but it wasn't – it wasn't we were, like we were, yeah, we were, we were like 12, middle school, yeah, 13, yeah, middle school, yeah. but, but still it wasn't like, like a Peyton Manning type deal when no. we, were, we were really young. No, like Brett Favre was that for us. Like we, we grew up watching Brett Favre, Peyton Manning, Brady, uh, Eli, you're talking about Eli one, two guys like that. Even Kurt Warner. I mean, he's gone too. I mean, he had a fantastic career. When we were young. Now we got all these new guys. We got Pat Mahomes. We got Josh Allen. We got Kyler Murray. We got Baker. If he can never get a, together for the Browns. I doubt that. So, <laughs> whose league is it now? Is it Pat Mahomes' league? Is it uh, Josh Allen's league? Is it Lamar Jackson's league? Is it Joe Burrow's league if he wins the Super Bowl this year? Who's, whose league is it? Honestly, right now, it's Joe Burrow's league. Because right now, in, in my opinion, he's playing better than every other quarterback. He is, like, the Bengals are a good football team. He's got a good team around him. They've done a really good job at building his receiving core. They've done a really good job at developing the offensive line this year, even though they still suck. Because they do, but they're better than they were last year. And the defense is getting a little bit better, too. Over the stretch of the playoffs, they played a lot better. But Brady, I think without Joe Burrow, I, I call it a Brady. Without Joe Burrow, he would, the Bengals would not be where they are right now. I am going to say it is Patrick Mahomes League simply because he's won a Super Bowl and the Chiefs have already been to two Super Bowls with him at quarterback. And it was only because he didn't have an offensive line last year that they didn't win the Super Bowl last year. So, it's Patrick Mahomes' league, but Joe Burrow is hot on his trail, and Josh Allen is not that far off. Uh, I think Joe Burrow is is better than Josh Allen, though, in my opinion. Um, I think right now Josh Allen's better. What makes him better? I just, I don't know. I think he just because 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 I mean, I don't know how to say he's got a, he's got a stronger arm for sure. So so having a so he also has a way better team around him too. Way better team. Drew Brees didn't have the strongest arm ever. Like Drew right. Brees had had a, had a basically an average arm, but he was a great NFL quarterback. Joe Burrow has great arm talent, and he's doing what you should do in the NFL. What as makes a quarterback. Patrick Mahomes better than when Joe Burrow? You should win because uh, Patrick Mahomes can make any throw on the field. He has a strong arm, and he's won a Super Bowl, and he's taken his team to to two Super Bowls. Josh Allen's done all that, but won a Super Bowl. Josh Allen has has only made it to the NFC champ- to the AFC Championship game. He hasn't made it to the Super Bowl. And he lost to the Chiefs. Exactly. I would say, I mean, I mean, if we're sitting here and we're drafting football teams right now, had to pick a quarterback first round, I would take Patrick Mahomes. It's you can't not take him. I mean, he's everyone thinks he's the next coming of the GOAT. Everybody's crowning him early. And I, I think he's awesome. But Joe, this year, right now, Joe Burrow is the king of the NFL. The what he's done this year is just un uncomparable. Well, um, you gotta think. He's he, he's tough. Like he was injured last year because of, because of his offensive line. The team didn't go out and get him any offensive lineman. They did go get him a, a great receiver and Jamar Chase, a great receiver. But that being said, he's he's on his back a lot. Like during the uh, the Titans game, he was he was sacked eight times. 
And at no point in that game did you see any quit in his eyes. Did you see any quit in his game? He actually encouraged his team to keep playing. Let's keep going. I've been sacked eight times, but we, we can still win this game. That's toughness. So that's what I like about Joe Burrow. He, he's a tough football player, and he's all about winning. Yeah, that's the mentality thing with Burrow. I mean, Burrow, he's not as physically gifted as guys like Mahomes, not as physically gifted as Josh Allen. Not you even see, Kyler. I don't know, man. I, I, I Like, Joe Burrow can run. Oh, yeah. He's fast. He has a strong arm. I, 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 think, he's, I think he's physically gifted. You know, his arm's not that strong, though. I, I mean, don't know, he, man. He's, <laughs> he's got an NFL quarterback arm. But it's like Patrick Mahomes. Definitely above average. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen could probably throw it from the one-yard line on the other side of the field and get with inside the 10. But we, we, we got to say we're splitting hairs here in terms of, oh, Josh Allen's arms are stronger, stronger than Pat Mahomes. Like, both of those dudes have no, I'm not ex- saying, exceptionally I'm strong arms. I'm saying both of those guys are, yeah, that's why I said both. I didn't but say I, you know, I'm, I'm going to say Joe Burrow's arm damn sure ain't weak. And it's not oh, average. He can probably it's, throw 70 yards. It's, it's definitely above average. Yeah, I think he has elite arm talent, and he, he's also extremely accurate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he is for sure. And I'll tell you who else is really accurate and who's playing really well is Matthew Stafford. The, the Bengals are playing the Rams. Matthew Stafford finally ends up on a decent football team. Decent. After years, <laughs> years of being on the worst team in the entire league, probably the worst franchise in the NFL. I would venture right to now. say that the Rams are way more than just decent. I'll give you that. <laughs> so now, now Jared Goff did take the Rams to a, to a Super Bowl, but the, the Rams have a legit chance of winning this the Super Bowl because of Matt Stafford's the quarterback, and I think it speaks volumes to how horrible the Detroit Lions are because all of Matt Stafford's career was wasted in Detroit, and in his first year with a with a really good football team, he takes him all the way to the Super Bowl. I think it, it speaks volumes to to that franchise in Detroit. Yeah, and it speaks a lot about what they're doing in L.A. too. Because I mean, if you look at the moves they've made over the past three years, they've been win now since they went to the Super Bowl and lost to Brady. It's been nothing but they haven't picked a draft pick and. What four years, five years? Yeah, it's been a while. They they haven't picked in the draft high yeah. at all. They as, trade as all their guys for these really good win now type players like Jalen Ramsey, like Von Miller. They traded for this year. They still got Aaron Donald. They traded two first round picks for Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff, who was their number one overall pick in twenty sixteen. So that's a draft pick gone right there. I mean, and honestly, if you look at these moves as like a NFL business type man, you're like, this is this is stupid. This is really bad. You're giving up your entire future. But I think they're what they were doing is something that not a lot of people have thought about doing. People, people usually think, let's build towards the future. Let's keep improving by getting these cheaper rookie players that are going to do really well, like a Jamar Chase. Why not just trade all your picks for really good players that you know can play football and try and go win a Super Bowl? Yeah, but that doesn't always work because you can get – some really good football players, and they don't gel, they don't mesh, the team doesn't get along, and you, you just just the core base of the football team doesn't work. So you have to pick the right players to come join your team so that way they can all mesh and everything can work like we're seeing with the Rams. You can't just have a super team, but none of the players get along because it's not going to work. And you have to have a good coach. But it's funny with, with the Rams, too. I mean, it's literally everybody. It's not like they're actually – I don't think they're betting players to think like, oh, well, this guy might is going to do well with our organization. They're just like OBJ – they're like, oh, OBJ, big name, didn't do well in Cleveland. Let's sign him. Let's bring him on. Let's put him on the roster. I mean, obviously for them, too, it kind of helped out because they already lost Robert Woods. I think they had another injury in the receiver room as well, so they really needed to stick another guy in there. And he's been massive. I mean, he's been really, really good in the playoffs. But they, 
it's just a let's just throw as much money as we can and as much assets as we can at these top level players and just see what happens. And honestly, it could have gone either way. I mean, they could have put them back years and years and years where they're having to recover and and just pray that they can get fifth and sixth round draft picks that turn out well. But obviously, it worked out for them. They're doing well. They're in the Super Bowl. They're playing the Super Bowl in their home stadium. Yeah, second year in a row. In, uh, I guess it's L.A., but I think what's the name of the actual city? It's in? Uh, it's uh, well, it's it's in Inglewood, California. Inglewood, yeah, that's right. At SoFi Stadium, right next to um, the fabulous form where, where the Lakers used to play. But um, great stadium. I like the stadium. It looks cool. Uh, Super Bowl starts at six thirty, which is awesome. I love that because the game's going to be over by. What nine thirty ten? I'll be able to go to bed like on time instead of watching the uh, the college football playoff championship, which starts at eight o'clock or eight fifteen on a Monday. On a Monday, yep. And the game's not over until midnight, and I gotta you know you know you know sleep all all in because I stayed up until one thirty. No, I I like the way the Super Bowl's done. Six thirty games were about nine thirty. The whole playoffs, really, too. Can we normalize this, please? Like the six o'clock games and like games did not start past eight thirty. Yeah, the only awesome. game, only game that started past, uh, well, started at eight was the uh, Green Bay and San Francisco game. That was the only game in the playoffs that started at eight o'clock. I feel like this is a new kind of thing, too. Is this not? I know the Super Bowl the last, I think the last two years has been at six or six thirty. No, the Super Bowl has always been at six thirty. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, been, not always. Yeah, always. Is it really always? It's always been at six thirty because that, that that is when the prime that's prime time watching for 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 the whole entire country because you can also get the kids to watch. You don't have to, you know, it's right in the middle of the country. It, it, it's yeah. right. It's yeah. right in the middle. You know, I think it's gonna be a great game. Yes, and I'm really excited about the halftime performance too because I think that'll actually be really. Well, good. I mean, they're they're doing what should have happened in Atlanta. Yes, they, they have they have local based rappers. You know, performing at halftime. That's what should have happened in Atlanta instead of Maroon 5. They should have had Atlanta-based rappers performing at halftime in Atlanta. God, so. Maroon 5 was just... Oh, it was horrible. I, I didn't even watch it. No, didn't I, even watch it. I watched it. I mean, they did good. I mean, I like I like Maroon 5. But, I mean, for when you think about the city of Atlanta, you don't you don't think, oh, Maroon 5. You think, you know, 2 chains. You think guys like that. So, Migos. Yeah, I mean, you, <laughs> you have to... Uh, you, you have to speak to the... To, to the to the demographic of that area and Atlanta rappers is what should have happened. So, for example, the clash at the Coliseum NASCAR uh, on Sunday. Oh, that was great. They they ran half of the race and then they had a a break. They had Ice Cube perform at the at, at the break of the race, and it was really smart because Ice Cube is all about L.A. He is he is from that area, and there were lots of people in the stands having a good time because they know his music. And I think it was a, a, a grand slam for NASCAR to have the uh, Clash of the Coliseum. They built the track on the inside of the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum where the USC Trojans play, where TBOW coaches now. If, if you don't know what that means, then you should look it up. I'm not going to say it because Keys will have to mute it out. <laughs> but it was really cool what NASCAR did, putting a, a quarter-mile track on the inside of the stadium, and the racing was phenomenal. Wait, how, how, how much of the, the race did you watch? Did I you watched watch the entire thing. thing. I, I missed the first heat because I didn't know they were doing heats before because I didn't do enough research on the race beforehand. But I thought that the, the whole thing started at 6. I didn't know that it was 
all the heats and the qualifying races and everything. So initially, then, I thought the same thing, but I had gone somewhere and I was listening to NASCAR Series XM Radio, and I was informed via that that it actually started at three o'clock. And I was like, ah, I'm so glad I heard that because I would have, I would have been, I'd have missed in all the heat races and all the action. So, oh yeah, I missed it. So yeah, well, so what do you think of the uh, of the racing with the with the new cars as opposed to last year? I thought it was awesome. I thought it was awesome too. The fact that the the what am I saying? The fact that the track was so small, there was action nonstop. There was never a time where, maybe in the heats because there weren't as many cars, but in the actual racing part of it, there was no time where there was one car just in front of everybody. And there was just no action whatsoever. I was going to ask Lindo what what he thought about it because I did see some highlights. You know, I don't really watch NASCAR that much. But to me, when I saw um, kind of some highlights on, on the internet, it looked kind of to me almost like a go kart track. They were kind of like a Mario Kart, they were just kind of bumping in and out. And they were making these quick turns. It was just so small. Like NASCAR, you don't so, realize how large it is. I was one of the people. I was I was excited they were trying something different. And I was a little skeptical because, you know, big 3,400-pound uh, stock cars going around a small quarter-mile track. I didn't know how it was going to work out. As soon as I saw the first 30 seconds of practice on Saturday, I knew this was going to be awesome. Because they were able to set the cars up in a way to where they ran second gear around the track. A couple of drivers were able to shift it to first gear and do that. But uh, they were able to get the cars turning through the center of the corner. And the straightaways were actually decently sized. They were just curved, so it made, it made them seem longer. But a lot of the drivers said it was just a smaller Martinsville. So it, was, it raced the exact same, which was a smaller Martinsville. They were able to get turned through the corner. And it, it put on a great show. And there were actually times where they had... Double double wide, three wide going into the into the turns. I thought it was awesome racing through the entire weekend. Uh, a lot of people who thought it would fail were really quiet because uh, the ratings were up 168 percent from the from the clash last year at Daytona. So uh, I think they hit a home run. Fabulous was the track. So when you say the clash, obviously this is the first year I've actually started a season from the beginning of watching a NASCAR year. Does the Clash always a smaller track like that? Or no. Did they just do it so because it was in the Coliseum? The Clash has historically always, and I mean always, been held at Daytona on the Oval. So where they run the Daytona 500, how they run around the track, that is where they held it at. It was probably a 100-lap race mm-hmm. around the Daytona track. And it was just the past winners from the season before and past champions. So it's only past champions. So only, only past winners from the season before or people who qualified on the pole position. Gotcha. So they were the ones who raced in that race. So it was still 19 or 20 drivers, like how it was in the main race on Sunday. Yeah. But it was just, there were no heat races, nothing like that. Last year was the first year that they did something different where they raced on the Daytona road course. I didn't like that because the Daytona road course is not a, with the cars they had last year, it wasn't set up nice to run. The The cars were too hard to turn. They, they couldn't get traction. That's more of a sports car racing uh, circuit. What they did this year, they went completely away from it and built a track, a temporary track. After the race was over on Sunday, they immediately began tearing it up to put back the actual grass for uh, the USC Trojans. So uh, I'm hoping NASCAR uh, sees this and says we can go somewhere else and potentially do this or they can come back next year. It's not going to have the same uh, panache as it did this year. It's not going to be as cool because – Obviously, the first time is always the best time, but uh, NASCAR is definitely going to figure something out and do something like this somewhere else. See, like I've said multiple times on this podcast, I haven't really big 
big into NASCAR through the years. I'm just kind of starting to get into it. But one thing I do know is I know sporting events pretty well. I've been to a lot of sporting events. I've been, I've been a part of a lot of sporting events. I've watched a lot of sporting events. I've watched a lot of sporting events. I thought that USC, they're not USC. I thought that NASCAR did a phenomenal job of pertaining to the people of California. I know you already talked about, you already had Ice Cube. Ice Cube was awesome. Um, they had somebody else too, didn't they? Yeah, they had, so they had um, Pitbull. Pitbull, that's so, what it was. Pitbull performed before the race, and Pitbull was actually a car owner within the series. So, so he he owns a team. Mm-hmm. So he owns Trackhouse. Uh, he owns part of Trackhouse Racing. Who uh, one of their drivers is Daniel Suarez, who is a Hispanic driver, and who got lots of love in Los Angeles because he's as an Hispanic driver. There were a lot of people at that race on Sunday who have never attended a NASCAR race before in their lives. There were a lot of young people, a lot of people from USC. I think it just drew a lot oh, of people who didn't. It, Honestly, no NASCAR. To, to me, it kind of reminded me of Talladega. Like, I feel like there's a lot of people, like students that were nearby. You, I might be wrong because obviously I've never been to Talladega before. But I feel like it was a lot of people that, did not, that didn't as much care about the actual racing part of it, but just being in the stadium, enjoying the atmosphere. I mean, they brought on guys from USC, like Matt Leiner, Reggie Bush was there. Um, they had a couple other guys that had played for the Rams before. I think Kurt Warner might have been there too. They had a lot of really big-time – California, L.A., Snoop Dogg, guys like that, that really show off the city um, and show off the state and stuff like that. So I thought that was really cool. I thought it was really cool to see how many students actually did show up for that. It was really funny because I don't think I've seen that many people in those stands in a very, very... It's been a long time that those stands have been that packed, and they actually took out... So that that stadium seats about 75,000 they took out maybe 10,000 on the bottom row because those wouldn't have been good seats, and they're also for safety reasons. So there were probably, give or take, 65,000 seats in the stands, and it was almost packed out. And it's been a long time since I've seen that stadium that packed. Yeah, I mean, there was a couple little areas here and there where they they would move the camera, and there were some empty spots. But, right. I mean, it was, for, for me, I mean, I've been to a NASCAR event before, even in Nashville. I mean, it was... There was oh, not a oh, seat that was sold empty out. in the house. Yeah, yeah. That, that was sold out. It was completely sold out, and we knew that, too, from coming out in traffic afterwards. Yeah. I mean, that was freaking terrible. But, I mean, it was as about as packed as I think you could get a college football stadium for an NASCAR event. Yeah, um, I was I was very excited to see that for the sport of NASCAR. Uh, I want to see NASCAR get back to the days where the stands are packed and it's hard to get tickets. Cause it's just fun. It's a it's a fun event to go to, and it you'll you'll meet some of the some of the best people in the world at NASCAR events. Some of the most friendliest people in the world, and uh, I was really excited for the growth of the sport uh, on Sunday. And uh, I guess since we're talking about USC, we can go ahead and talk about Caleb Williams. It's about um, the only bit of real college football news we have in the past week. Transferring to USC, um, Lincoln Riley said that. Um, Hold on, I need to I need to actually pull this quote up because I'm I'm, I'm going to quote him verbatim. I know what you're talking about. I just saw. Um, this. Let me see. I talking can, about, talking about pulling out the transfer portal. Oh, it's right here. It's right here. So Lincoln oh, Riley uh, today said, "We didn't take players from Oklahoma. We took players from the transfer portal." Who was accusing him? So he was on the herd today with Colin Cowherd, who was also a loser. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna use that word. I could use another word for Colin Cowherd. But he said, we didn't take players from Oklahoma. We took players from the transfer portal. Those players and their families had to make a decision to stay at that university or enter the portal where they could be recruited by anybody. Um, So what if he did? 
I'm I'm not making a big deal about that because I mean he's not wrong, but he's also he's also lying. He 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 definitely took those players from Oklahoma. He that's exactly what he it did. Happens all the time. It happens all the time. I I personally don't care. It it really has no effect on the University, on the University of Oklahoma. Uh, we re- had a top ten recruiting class at number eight with a whole coaching change and had a whole coaching staff leave. So in, in any Oklahoma fans out there who are upset that Caleb Williams left need to look at the bigger picture and see that we are so much better off defensively and we even got a quarterback who's who's played significant football in college football and Dylan Gabriel who's going to be really good. And uh, we got one of the best offense coordinators in college football and, and uh, Jeff Levy. So listen, if you want to worry about USC, you might as well just become a USC fan because, you know, that, that that's – that's basically what you're doing. You're not being an Oklahoma fan at this point. You're just you're just hating to be hating. Focus on what we could control at, at at Oklahoma and just watch them good football. Well, see, I think this move continues what I've been saying since Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma. I think that move was really good for USC and getting Caleb Williams kind of solidifies that. If they didn't get Caleb Williams, I really wouldn't think they'd have a great year next year, especially with Jackson Dart transfer, transferring and Keaton Slovis too. Because really, they didn't have any options at quarterback. I think they had. I think his name's Miller Moss. He played a couple, a uh, couple snaps last year. Caleb Williams is a really, really good player. He's going to be a really good player. But for the Oklahoma, I mean, I agree with you. I think every single move they've made this offseason has made them better as a team. And me and you have talked about it extensively. Venables comes in. Oklahoma has the talent on defense. It's not like Oklahoma can't recruit on defense. Now they don't recruit as well as Alabama or Georgia or LSU or guys like that, or A&M after getting the number one recruiting class. But Venables, the talent they have is good enough for Venables to come in and coach up the right way and have them be really good. So anybody who watched the Senior Bowl this weekend, if you noticed Perrion Winfrey, number eight, uh, University of Oklahoma D-Tackle, he was an animal the entire week. And I can only imagine what he would have been like if he had somebody like Brent Venables as his head coach or defensive coordinator and somebody uh, at strength and conditioning like Schmitty. He, he would have been one of the best players in the country. He, he would have been talk, talked about up there with what's the guy from Alabama, Jameson Williams. Is that his name or is that the receiver? That's, that's a receiver. That's uh, a receiver. Uh, who's the Alabama um, Linebacker Will Anderson. Will Anderson. He would have been talked about with a uh, dude from Georgia, uh, from Georgia, Jacoby Dean. Yeah, yeah. He he would have been talked about up there with with, with that. Of course, you know that uh, off, <laughs> off, off offhand. He's like your encyclopedia right now. Yeah, but but Perron Winfrey was it was an animal, and it, it, we just had Lincoln Riley as our head coach, and he underachieved. <laughs> so we have the talent. We just have to have the right coach to coach him up. Well, I'll say this too. I think Lincoln Riley is a good coach. I know you. I, I think he is yeah. too. Yeah. I know you were saying you thought he was kind of soft. I think he's. I don't think he's soft as a coach. I know you have a lot to say about that, but I don't think he's soft as a coach. I think his mindset is do whatever you can to score as many points as you can, no matter what. And when when teams do that, I mean Oklahoma under him had two of the best offenses I've ever seen in college football in 2017 and 2018. Those offenses were unbelievable. 2019 was really good too, but. If you look at some of these teams, besides LSU and Alabama, LSU 2019, Alabama 2020, like these Oklahoma teams, their defenses were some of the worst you've ever seen from a team that's of that caliber. They were horrible. They were horrible. And if they had a defense that was even somewhat competent, they would have been up there with the LSUs, the Alabamas, because the year LSU won the national championship, they had an elite offense. Their defense was average. But their defense was good enough 
to to stop to stop the other team from scoring fifty points. You know, <laughs> your offense didn't have to score sixty points to win the game. And I'll say this though, I think the reason those defenses were so bad was because Lincoln Riley wanted to score so many points nonstop. There's not many years, including LSU and Alabama, the two people the people say are the two best teams of all time, nineteen and twenty. Those teams did not have great defenses. They had better defense than Oklahoma did. But the, when you score that many points and you keep your defense on the field for that long, your your defense is going to give up a lot of points. And I think that's why Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma didn't have a lot of success past winning the Big 12 is because he would go on and play these other teams that had a little bit more talent or that could recruit better, or more so on defense and offense. Because offensively, I mean, Oklahoma has talent all over the field everywhere. But, I mean, you see these guys on defense, they go to the NFL and they do well. Like they're yeah, not they really bad do. players. They're not it's bad just players the at all. Oklahoma's offense scored so fast, especially those two years, 17 and 18. Their defense was winded every single time. I think Venables is going to come in, run the ball a little bit more, put together longer drives, or at least try and push that. While probably take a little bit of explosiveness away from the offense, but I think that's going to help the defense a lot. Good for Lincoln Rally. You know, he's doing what he has to do over there at USC. You know, it is what it is. I'm not gonna hate on them. I'm, I wish wish them success. I don't wish them more success in Oklahoma. Actually, one day I hope I hope we play them uh, at the beginning of the season uh, one year so we can crush them because that would be nice. But I, I'm not gonna sit here and, and hate on him because he's doing what he has to do to win football games. All right, guys, let's go ahead and talk about the pour one out, cut them off segment. Lando, who are you pouring one out for? So we already talked about this. I'm pouring out for NASCAR because I feel they did an incredible job at promoting this event on Sunday and just getting everything done flawlessly having 168 percent more viewership than last year and putting on a show for all types of fans old and young phenomenal job and the only bad part is is i have to wait an entire week to watch more nascar racing like that that, that's how good it was so uh, hats off to nascar and this week i'm not really cutting off anybody this week um have nobody to cut off well i'll start mine with my cutting off I had something different written down. I'm not doing those. I'm cutting off Brian Harson. Brian Harson, head coach oh, of man. head coach of the University of Auburn, has been just tormented since he's gotten there. From the very beginning of his tenure, the entire university wanted him out. Like every single fan, every every Auburn fan I knew hated the hire. They hated the fact that if they're going to fire Malzahn, they're not going to go out and get a better guy, even though they all wanted Malzahn to go too. Harson has not done nothing but get himself in trouble. He's pushed players to transfer. He's pushed coaches to leave. Mike Bobo. He fired Mike Bobo. Um, he had Austin Davis on his staff who took off. And Derek went back Mason to the took a four hundred thousand dollar pay cut to go coach at Oklahoma State. To go Oklahoma State. <laughs> who? I mean, you might disagree with me because you're a Big Twelve guy. To me, that's a that's a worse job to go be a defensive coordinator for Oklahoma State than it is to Auburn. Actually, I'm gonna not this year. I'm not gonna, right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you because Oklahoma State. Always has a really good offense, and their defense is actually one of the best in the country. Like, like the past several years, Oklahoma State's defense has been pretty good. So, him going there, I think, is going to be. But Auburn really pays better. Auburn pays better, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I mean, in terms <laughs> that's, of money, that's, yeah, it's a I'm, talk, job. I'm talking business. I'm not talking. Oh, most definitely, most yeah. definitely, most yeah. definitely. Obviously, Auburn is a higher paying, more like very yeah. sought after job. Yeah, and Derek Mason, you know, I, he, and he didn't do bad there last year either. No, so not he at was going to get fired. The fact that he left. Brian Harson, honestly, to me, I think he's on his way out. I don't think he's going to last up until this season. If he does last this season, I think they're going to be really, 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 really bad. Like they might, they're probably going to be the worst 
team in the SEC aside from Vandy and probably Missouri, maybe. I know Matt would be happy about that. Matt would be very happy about that, and I think he already is happy about it if you've been watching his Twitter. But um, And I'm asking, I'm going to pour one out for Brian Harson, and I'll tell you why. Have, did you see the girl he got accused oh of hooking up with? She was she was smoking dime piece smoking cutting him off as well for this but he um yeah for for you ethical ethical listeners Brian Harson for those that don't know the story what he's being ridiculed for is allegedly 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 this is not reporting allegedly he was having an affair with a younger woman who was a student at Boise State and was a cheerleader for Boise State and then joined his recruiting team, and then came from Boise State to Auburn with him when he moved to Auburn. And <laughs> I will, I will say, you, you must have been a some coach. You bring a recruiting assistant. It, what's really funny is social media went from like, this guy's terrible. He's got a wife and kids. Da, 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 da. And then they posted the picture of the girl. And everybody's like, I get it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, this fair. guy, this guy, I mean, this girl is unbelievable. She's, she's absolutely beautiful. I can't remember her name. And if I knew it, I, I wouldn't say it on the air anyway, because I know we have thousands of listeners and would probably look her up. It'd be weird. But I, um, and no, I'm not saying what he did was right. I would not do it myself if I had a wife as beautiful as Brian Harson's, but you know, good for him, but also That's bad good. on him, bad on him, cutting him off keys. What you got? All right, so Matt's not here this week, but I'm going to give him a little poor one out just for him. He's been grinding in the mornings. He's been getting up, starting his new oh, routine at like 4 a.m. Yeah, yeah, he posts at 4.30 yeah. on Snapchat. That's every day. I think he's on, right there. He's on day like 6 or something, but he gets up at 4 a.m. Before, before he goes to school every day. And going to like 6 o'clock, he's been getting like a two-hour workout in every day. So good for him. It's really motivating me to not be so lazy. <laughs> uh, so good for Matt. Uh, we miss you this week, buddy, and good job on the grind. Keep it going. And I am cutting off the Olympics. Most people probably don't even know they're going on right now. Let's be honest. The Winter Olympics this year have just been a, a drag. The location in China, in Beijing, a lot of the events, I'm not sure if all of them, a lot of the events, you can't even have fans in the, in the stadiums. And then some of the events, I don't know if you saw that one. Was it a ski slope? It was just snowing. There's yeah, like it was silos like a nuclear, in the background. Yeah, by a nuclear plant or something. <laughs> it's nuts. It, it's, it's horrible looking. Somebody, I saw a comparison. It was like a, a previous Olympics, and it's like this beautiful mountain in the background of the slopes and everything. And this one just had some some nuclear silos or cooling towers, whatever they were. doesn't make sense. I was just surprised that of all places, I know they, they plan this well in advance, but China right now I feel like is on pretty high restriction. And for them to actually hold these, the ceremonies there, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm already kind of over the cancellations and everything, so at least they're having it. Uh, I know one thing I was disappointed about, they had the, the Hockey Junior Classic they canceled it because it was in Canada, and Canada wasn't having it. So um, at least they're having it, but it's just been a snooze fest. I've watched some curling, watched some of the uh, figure skating. I'm just not excited about it. I think we talked about the Summer Olympics last time. We weren't really excited about it either. I don't know if it's just COVID or just, you know, people are getting less excited about the Olympics, but. Either way, cutting off the Olympics this year, it's kind of just been a drag. You know, honestly, I just hope those U.S. athletes that are out there in China just stay away from bats. As long as they stay do that, we'll be bats. okay. Don't eat the bats. Yeah, it's. Uh, have you seen that movie? Um, I forget who's in it, but it's like, it's like a bat drops its feces onto a pig, and the pig goes oh, that's to the, the um, outbreak. That's outbreak. Outbreak, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, cool. and, and the dude doesn't wash his hands when he when he shakes the lady's hand, and she gets sick, and there's like an entire pandemic. Literally, yeah. just lived well, through. <laughs> my joke was: Have you heard the theory that 
COVID came from. Somebody like took a bite of a bat. They ate a Wuhan bat. They ate a Wuhan bat. I I, I thought that's that how it started. I thought that it uh, it was it was a produced virus inside of a lab. That we're getting into the politics. Yeah, no, None of us really know anything. Into, about. I don't know what happened. We're getting into conspiracies. But, All of it's probably true. You know um, what? Whatever. Womp womp. Either way, we're gonna go ahead and get to our Super Bowl picks. We got the Super Bowl this week. Super Bowl fifty five. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. I think it's fifty four. Keys, can we get a confirmation? Don't worry, I'm fact checking. It's it's we 54. should really know this. Yeah, this is pretty bad. What's li? It's fifty six. Fifty six. Like I said, holy crap! We Ooh. got Super Bowls fifty six this weekend played in SoFi Stadium, the newest stadium. Actually, is it the newest or second newest? First newest, right? Um, or was it? It's Vegas. The, it's it's the no. The, the they actually opened in in the same time frame. Uh, SoFi and Allegiant Stadium, I think, open in the same time. Frame. Either way, to me, I think SoFi is the coolest looking stadium in the NFL. Oh, it's definitely cool because it is it's super cool. It's it's not a it's not it's not an indoor stadium. It, it just has a canopy. Like that, the, what you see on the outside is a canopy, but everything else is it, on the outside is open air. Yeah. So it, it's it's just a canopy over the top of the actual stadium. The entrance is very very cool. Yeah, it's it's really cool. It, it kind of resembles the uh, the Fabulous Forum that's next door. It has those those pillars and columns. Yeah, it looks like a coliseum. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's what I thought really when cool. I first saw it too. It's it's I mean, either way, it's on my bucket list. Las Vegas or Las Vegas. Los Angeles Rams are playing the Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously, the Bengals, they weren't supposed to be here. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, these guys, Joe Milk Mixon, brought them to the Super Bowl. And they carry that Ryan. team. Samaj P. Ryan, sure, he's the backup, but whatever. <laughs> but they made it to the Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford and the Rams, Cooper Cup, uh, What's his name? Akers, Cam Akers, uh, came off injury. Obo Oboronko, <laughs> Boomer Sooner, linebacker. I'm just gonna name. Oklahoma is there any players. more that you got? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. I think yeah, all I, your I Chiefs guys it. are gone. All, huh? all my Chiefs guys are gone. <laughs> I, I think. I think that's all we got. Yeah, I mean, there's you know we got some Georgia players too. We got some really good guys that were great in college football. Is this one guy OB, called Matthew OBJ? Stafford? Yeah, Matthew Stafford. I said Matthew Stafford. <laughs> oh, you did? Okay. Oh, yeah, Matthew Stafford. By the way, for my listeners, my favorite player of all time, when I was 13 or 14, one of the biggest purchases I ever made as a child was a $175 signed picture. It's a plaque, a plaque signed by Matthew Stafford. And I still have it to this day. I don't have it on my wall right now. He didn't even win a Heisman. Jesus. He didn't win the Heisman. Are you kidding me? That Georgia team? I mean, I mean, Georgia, we had the number one team for one year, but. I mean, started, they started. It, it was, that was 2000. He got drafted in 2009. So he was there. That was that, so 2006, 7, 8, and 9. Or no, 8 and 8. And they got drafted in 09. Okay. They were number one starting the 2008 season. They were number one going into the 2008 season. That's the year that Alabama beat the crap out of us <laughs> with the black jerseys. The first time. Oh, right, 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 right. That was right. the beginning of the curse. The Georgia sports course. That was oh, broken yeah. by the Atlanta Braves. You know who won the Heisman that year? No, nope, that was a year before. Was, Sorry. Say, was it an Oklahoma play? That was a year before. Sorry. No, it was 08. You're right. 2008? Yeah. Well, oh, because Florida beat Alabama. In two, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Sam Bradford won the Heisman in 2008. No, that, that, you're right. We're right. Yeah. We're right. Yeah, we're right. We're right. We're, right. we're good. Because year before that, Georgia beat Alabama. So I know. <laughs> All right. Either way, either way. He bases either everything way. off either for either Georgia. Way. We're off topic. I don't, I don't know how we got back to college football. Either we're way. off topic. Either way. Super Bowl, Lando, Rams, Bengals. Rams are a four-point favorite. Who you got? I am, and this is not because of Oklahoma players. This is actually I'm going to do a legit pick here. I'm going to go with the with the uh, with the Bengals. Uh, 
the Rams have an elite defense. Their defense is vast is is so much better than the Bengals, and the Bengals' offensive line is horrible. But what we've seen through the playoffs with Joe Burrow is that it doesn't matter what the offensive line does. And the offensive line has actually improved somewhat throughout these playoffs. I think the offensive line is going to do just enough for Joe Burrow to get the ball to uh, to Jamar Chase and those other playmakers. And uh, the defense is going to do just enough to stop Matt Stafford. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, honestly. Uh, Matt Stafford's a really good player, and he has some great weapons, Cooper Cup, OBJ, and their defense is stout. You know, they got Ndamukong Sue still. They got um, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. Ah, it's loaded. But the Bengals are going to find a way to win this game by a field goal and a safety. See, for me, it comes down to, I know you were saying, Bengals offensive line might be playing better than we thought they were in the playoffs. They're doing just enough. But they've done just enough against guys that aren't named Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd that was a top 10 pick. He's been playing really well. I mean, there's some studs on this Rams defensive line. Aaron Donald especially. It's impossible to hold that guy back. I mean, that guy is a complete beast. He's been ferocious in the playoffs. He's been a big reason they're winning games. They also have not had a defensive backfield that includes Jalen Ramsey. They got Jordan Fuller from Ohio State that's playing really well. They got Taylor Rapp from Washington. He's playing super well. Those are two of the safeties. The Rams are loaded from top to bottom. Offense, defense, both sides of the ball. I picked the Rams to win the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year. Actually, no, that's a lie. I take that back. I picked the Rams to make the Super Bowl and lose to the Bills at the beginning of the year. I'm rolling with the Rams. Obviously, Matthew Stafford, favorite player of all time. I hope he gets his. Um, I'm picking him to get his. But I will say, the way that Joe Burrow has navigated through this playoffs is very Tom Brady-esque. It makes me, like last year, I picked against Brady three times before he got to the Super Bowl. And I didn't pick against him in the Super Bowl. Obviously, because I wouldn't for the fourth time, you know, shame on your fool me once, shame on me, fool me four times, you know, just jump off a bridge. But <laughs> it may be a little much. Yeah, but. I mean, either way. But if um, I think the Bengals have a really good chance, I think this is going to be a very, very, very good game, which would be in tune to the playoffs we've had this year and the entire football season as well, uh, college and NFL. So I'm going to pick the Rams. I think they win by. Four, give it, it right at that even line. Give a score. So I'm going to go 30 to 25 Bengals. 38, 25? No, 30, 25. 30, 25. Okay. I'm going to go 26, 21. 26, 21 Rams. Weird score. I don't think we're going to get an even score. It's going to be a weird score. Like, I mean, you said 25, 30. That's pretty, that's pretty weird. I don't think anybody's yeah. going to get over 30. Yeah. I don't think anybody gets over 30. I could see it, but just the way that this playoffs has been, it's been pretty low scoring. There hasn't been a lot of games. Now, uh, Chiefs-Bills, this was the only game. That was the only high-scoring game. And what you said about Aaron Donald, uh, actually, he, he was actually kept in, kept in check during that San Francisco game until pretty much well, the, 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 the very end when, when Jimmy G just – and San Francisco has the best offense out of anybody. That, well, yeah, they have they had the, the the best offensive line, the most physical offensive line. So that that also played a role in, a role into it. So. Yeah, I'm going uh, 26, 21. I'm picking the Rams. Um, I think Joe Burrow is back here soon. I think Joe Burrow, in his time, will have multiple Super Bowls, and and will bring them to Cincinnati. He won't have to leave like Matthew Stafford did from Detroit. Um, but I think Matthew Stafford gets his Super Bowl. I think the Rams and Sean McVay finally get their Super Bowl. Um, I think Matthew Stafford, he's probably just got a couple more years and he'll probably retire and 
It'll be good for him just to get one. I'm going to go out on a limb, and Keys, I'll, I'll let you get to yours after I say this. Joe Burrow is going to win more championships than Patrick Mahomes. Keys, what's your pick? So I got Matt's pick first. He couldn't be with us today. He picks the Bengals because they're just a team of destiny. That's what he says. So uh, I think he, I think he did pick them when we did our little preview a couple weeks ago, our little early preview. Didn't he pick the Bengals? I'll have to go back and check. I, th- I think – no, no, he had the Chiefs, didn't he? He yeah, the Chiefs. Chiefs. Yeah, he had the Chiefs. Okay, so he's got Bengals now because they're a team of destiny. I'm going to go with the Rams. Pretty much the same reason as Witt. I, I love Matthew Stafford. I am ecstatic that he finally got away from Detroit. Uh, I thought that trade was really intriguing at the beginning of the season, and I really felt like they were going to be something special. Now, I hope that he does get this win because we've been watching him do nothing but lose for his entire career. So I, I solely because of him, uh, and I and I do think the Rams they just have a really solid team. Uh, Joe Joe Burrow's a stud, but the Rams team's really solid, and Matthew Stafford's a stud as well. We've seen him really show some grit in his time in the NFL. Um, so I'm going to go with the Rams, and uh, I don't know if um, you can give, a you score, get, give a score, give a score, give a score, give a score. See, I think it'll be within one score. Uh, it'll be a tight game. I think I'll go thirty to. 30 to 27. Three point game. That's not, that's, that's a, I think that'd be it. That's, that's what's exciting. Yeah. It, Good score. In in fashion of the playoffs, we, these have all been down to the wire. Well, down they've to field they've goals. all come down to field goals. They, they yeah. have. They, and, and most of them have come to almost overtime. Well, to overtime or close to overtime. I will say this, though. If it comes down to field goals between Matt Gay and Evan McPherson, the Bengals are going to win the football game. Almost oh, definitely, because because McPherson's, McPherson's a it, fantastic he, he, kicker. He's fearless. He's he's awesome. I don't like to give a lot of credit to Florida players in the NFL. <laughs> Obviously, Kyle Pitts, I'll give credit to. He plays for the Falcons, but Evan McPherson, this especially in the playoffs, has been super clutch. I I gained a lot of respect for him when he came out. I think it was the was it the Titans game or the Raiders game. I can't remember. Uh, it was the Titans game. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, he when said he, when he went up to Burrow and said, "Guess we're going to the AFC Championship." So it was the Titans game. As he said, we're going to AFC Championship. Yeah, Titan game. Yep. I, I gained a lot of respect for him for that because that was really cool. Matt Gay's missed some really bad kicks in the playoffs, but he's also made some really clutch kicks. He's he's hit two game winners the last two weeks. So You just said Kyle Pitts, and that reminded me. I saw the post this week. I didn't realize Kyle Pitts had not ever scored a touchdown in the United States. Nope, only one. It was in London. That's nuts. And he was in the Pro Bowl. And he was in the Pro Bowl. Yeah. I also just go ahead and move the Falcons to um, – London, London, please. Oh man, please. I'll sell. I'll 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 sell the team myself and keep all the money. I'll do it gladly. I didn't know you owned stake in in the Atlanta Falcons. I, don't, I do, but just you know, just in case. Very Arthur very Blank, little. You own Arthur what? Blank wants to just hand it off to somebody to sell. I would. You I own point zero 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 one percent of the Falcons. I own less than that. You own less than I that. Own, I own what? <laughs> I own. What he bought we a call, ticket once. <laughs> I own what we call. Investor stake, because because which means I have a rooting interest in the football team. Because we don't even live in Fulton County, so we don't even pay taxes for for the stadium. So you can't even say that you even contribute to the stadium. I, and I haven't. <laughs> we'll, ju- we'll just keep contributing <laughs> to Truist Park. Yeah, we'll contribute to the Braves. And the only game I went to this year, I got in for free. <laughs> so so you didn't even buy. A I haven't really not contributed at all. And my drinks were free. And food was free. Oh, so so you you're just a moocher. That, that's what yeah. you are. Yeah. Well, and humble, you want to sell the team. Brag. Yeah, I, I ain't never struggled. I never had to struggle. So. 
Well, that is it for today's show. If you've been enjoying our episodes this season, please drop us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or a five-star rating on Spotify. And if you would like to help support future episodes, please click the support link in the description of this episode, or you can check out our merch store at aroundthekeg.com for some cool ATK gear. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at aroundthekeg and on Twitter at aroundthekegpod. Send us any questions or topics you'd like us to discuss on the show, and we'll be happy to include as much as we can. Have a great week. See y'all.